Hi there, listeners, and welcome to another edition of the podcast Seeking Happiness with myself, Andrew Milligan, and Didier Soulier from France. Are you right there with us today, Didier? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, mate, mate. I'm very happy to oh, be here. Fantastic. Yes, you've uh, you've just been you've been muting yourself and eating chocolates. I can see on the camera. Yeah, uh, the technical glitch there, but uh, it's all gone well now. So I'm very happy. Uh, my, I, come on, carry on. Just some very nice news to, for you to, for you guys. Anyway. Oh, I can't wait. Um, I just wanted to introduce Leanne first of all. Today we've got really, really interesting guest. It's our pre-Christmas show. So we're going to get Leanne to sing a few Christmas carols for us. Um, <laughs> she doesn't look happy about that. Oh, but, Andy, uh, we, have, <laughs> we have a lovely, a lovely lady called Leanne Bayless. Do you want to introduce yourself, Leanne? Hi, Andy. Yeah, thank you both for having me on. Um, I live in England in the wonderful Birmingham. Um, I know both of you personally, um, and I really think I'm here to talk about my sobriety journey because way back when I used to drink a lot and do partake in other things as well, as you both know, and I've completely changed my life. And that's what I think we're going to have a little chat about today. So hello, everyone, and thank you for listening. Brilliant. Yes, that's that's really good of you to, to come on and talk about that, Leanne, because we know quite a few people wouldn't be comfortable speaking about such things. Um, and, and we've all had we've all had a, a, a journey that's taken us to uh, to a place that's dark and we're, we're not happy with. And I think it's it's about the change that we're trying to share with the, the listeners. It's about how how we reach that changing point. Mm. Um, so, so do you want to do you want to just run us through? You're talking about sobriety. How how long has that been yeah. for? So I will have been well. I'm 509 days sober today. My uh, well sobriety, done. Well done. Thank you so much. Uh, my sobriety journey started on the 25th of July, 2020. Um, you know, sort of start of lockdown really you know just a couple of months into lockdown um i had previously in the september before had a nervous breakdown um complete mental health breakdown due to the complex um birth of my daughter she was born very poorly we'd gone through a lot of um, operations and just everything had completely took its toll and my journey started because when I was recovering from my mental health breakdown, you know, one thing that kept coming up with a lot of counsellors and a lot of conversations was alcohol and, you know, how much were you drinking? Did it affect you? And I think, you know, at the time I was very naive and I, you know, I was lying to myself about how much I was drinking. And it was just spiraling out of control, even when I had, you know, I was on lots of medication for my mental health breakdown, but I was drinking on top of that. And um, it, it just had to stop. And, you know, it got to a point where most nights it would be two or three bottles of wine after Darcy, my daughter, went to bed. And, um, you know, I, I'd get up and I'd function the next day and no one really knew. No one would look at me and say, well, you know, she's drinking too much. What's going on? Um, so it was it was a bit of a dirty secret. I was just always this party girl that was just always drunk and people accepted it. But there was, there was a dark side to it. And um, that that was the start of my journey, really. That was the start of it. OK, um, I mean, you know, I, I think we've spoken to a few of the guests on on the podcast that have shared similar things, you know, whether it's an eating disorder or whether it's addiction to to certain things uh and i think you brought up a really interesting point there about people didn't seem to didn't seem to notice or want to point this out to you at the time can can you remember yeah. that moment when you actually realized yourself um i need to change things i i i think there was you know there was a day when you, you it is hard it's sorry it's, I have to take a moment with this but I had sat down right, and, I, and, I'd written, and I'd written my goodbye letter to Darcy to explain you know I wasn't worthy of being her mom I wasn't worthy of being here um 
you know, that was my letter of saying goodbye and oh, leaving mate, how world. Sad. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I was found by a friend. Um, if I hadn't been, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Um, and that's when a couple of my friends, you know, close friends intervened and knew and knew I needed help. You know, I know, you know, now we've spoken about it, but there were a couple of my friends like texting each other behind my back, which at the time I would have gone mental about because you can't talk about me, haven't got a problem and all this. It was denial, denial, denial. Mm. But, you know, people were like, we, we need to help her. And, you know, it was it was hard and tough conversations. It was text messages that at the time I was like, oh, how could you send that to someone? You know, I'm going through too much anyway. But now I can step back and go, you loved me that much to, to, to discuss that with me, to say, you know, this doesn't, you don't have to be this sad. You don't have to be crying all the time. You don't have to, you know, every time I'd be at a train station, I, I'd be like, look around, but there'd always be a child on the platform. So I wouldn't want to jump in front of a train. You know, every single place I went in the morning, I'd get up, walk around the house and look at the light fittings. What can I tie to that? Everything I was thinking about was how to end my life at this point, you know, but the only way to deal with that at the time was I was just drinking more, you know, since I had Darcy, drugs, you know, I was massively into drugs as, you know, I've been out with you guys, you all massively know I was just, I'd always want it, you know, go at it, go at it. But since Darcy, drugs like, like went to the waste ground because all the people that I did use to do that with weren't really hanging around me anymore because I'd got a child and I wasn't on the scene anymore so the drinking became more and more and more and it just it was it was that day when I'd you know the next day after the most emotional evening of writing that letter and doing what I did which was drinking loads of alcohol and taking loads of pills you know wasn't just a hangover that time it wasn't just an emotional breakdown it took me about two weeks to come back to some sort of sense of reality after I did what I did and tried to end it all because it was just so many emotions to go through and that that was the time when it was like and I, a couple of times before the 25th I did try a couple of times and I didn't go out and get absolutely wasted but I didn't have the self-belief that I could stop drinking or you know the only way I saw myself in life was with a drink in my hand to deal with you know being through loads of trauma in my childhood you know I've had a very tough life and you know how could I get through all this without drink everything was always related and only now I see clearly that unless I took that thing out my life will always have been like that if I go back to drinking, my life will be like that again. Not, I'm not saying for everyone, you know, I'm not a girl of moderation. I can't moderate. I have to go and get absolutely insanely off my face. But that wouldn't just be for one night. It would be for two, three. I'd go missing for two weeks. You know, no one would hear for, from me, you know, and I can't go back to that life. And I also don't want to because what sobriety's done is not only helped my mental health, I can't staggeringly just absolutely state this is the first time since I was 16 that I've not been on any antidepressants or any um, drugs for my mental health. But it's fair, it's not for everyone, you know, and you have to, the thing is about sobriety, I knew that I wanted to change my life. What can I do to change it, but you have to want it. Sobriety, it's, people can try it for years I know people that are 19 that have been sober for years I know a 71 year old that's been sober for six months it's the time that you decide that you want sobriety that then it's yours it's it's that realization that the moment you decide I'm going to be a sober human being or I'm gonna hit sobriety then it's yours for the taking you know I think you're right I think I think that that change any any change that you make it has to We've spoke about this before. It has to come from yourself. It has to be internal that people can give you great advice. Um, We're all surrounded by really good, positive people. But I think when you're in the middle of your own crisis or 
your own addiction or facing your own problems, your own demons, you you don't listen to those voices. You you no. tend to ignore them. And they go away if you have another drink or take some more drugs, you know, everything seems super happy again. But it's that massive come down, isn't it, that 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 brings you back to I can't deal back with to this. The hardship. Can't deal with this anymore. Yeah, it's uh it, it it's it's quite a hard thing to turn around. Didier, what were you gonna say? Um I was going to say about the similar thing that uh, that really you think that the uh, drugs and the alcohol is going to help you, but it's only helps you momentarily that you forget about your own problems for one night. But the, the next day, they're all back and nothing's changed, you know. And I think we're all guilty of of that. I think, but um, it's quite. Uh, but it's not only the it's the it's the temporary fix. But what yeah. the temporary fix is doing is having the long-term after effect. Great. Because what yeah. people don't understand, like, yeah, oh, you get a hangover if you drink or this, that, and the other. But the chemical breakdown of what we're doing to our bodies when we put this poison, because that's essentially what we're doing. We're putting poison into poison. our bodies. Right. You know, and, and what that does to your to your mindset, it, it's not out of your system in a day or, mm-hmm. you know, when you feel like you're not hungover anymore. It has a long-lasting effect. And it's like when you get sober, you know, a week down the line, you're not going to, it took me three months to feel like a normal human being when I took all substances out of my life, you know, when I had, you know, it takes a long time. So for the quick fix, I think people don't see the long-term effect that it has. And that's something that, you know, one, people are unaware of what alcohol actually does to their mental health. And I think that's why we need to, you know ingrain it into education throughout the world but also it's it's just what it does to you afterwards it's it's not just the quick fix it's not just about having that quick drink and then dealing with the after effect it's having the mindset to think three days after your bender what are you going to feel like then mm. how shocked your mental health going to be on the Wednesday because you got out your faith on a Friday and had half a gram of cocaine it, it's just such a, a bigger picture and I think that's so not talked about I think it's you know I think because it's so socially acceptable and everyone's doing it and you can walk into Morrison's or any supermarket around the world and buy alcohol and that's fine like I can't walk into Morrison's and buy crack cocaine, but I tell you what, alcohol leads a lot of people to crack cocaine. It's it's just such a it's just a mad world, you know. Yeah, I agree. I um I I, I stopped drinking when I when I gave up teaching earlier last year, probably before that, probably a couple of months before that, because I was having my own problems and trying to just root out what. What can I do? What can I change to to make things better and to make myself think clearer? And and apart from um, apart from a guy <laughs> that that I was very annoyed with, I went to a pre production meeting a few a few weeks ago to talk about a new film idea we've been coming up with, and the guy was putting whiskey in my coffee. <laughs> I said I said to him, I know this tastes really hard. And he said to me afterwards, oh, I put some whiskey in there. Oh. And I had to say to him, look, mate, I haven't, I haven't had a drink for eight months. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying not to drink mm. alcohol. You need, you need to be aware of this. You can't just randomly be giving people stuff that they're not aware of, you know, because you, you, you will meet people that have, have some serious problems in their life that are but going I've- through sobriety. Andy, that's very, that's very interesting what you mentioned because I think you yep. mentioned that in our own podcast that I think when you decide you want to go sober, you're going to have to accept that you're going to have to leave some people behind because um, some of people that still do drugs or, or alcohol don't want you to change. They don't want that. They, 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 are, they will happy pay for it. And I think it's and I think it's also to support themselves because a lot of people, you know, I, I was a classic one of this. I used to encourage people to drink so I could drink for longer. You know, yeah. come around my like you guys know my flat yeah. was the party flat, but that was yeah. to enable myself. That was for me to feel like it was acceptable because everyone else was doing it, even though I was enabling it. I yes. think a lot of people, you know, you know, there's a lot of sober shame and there's a lot of pressure. 
And I think that's not necessarily because people are being horrible. I think it's because they're trying to hide their own struggle yeah. or their own, you know, I drink too much or I'm a grey area drinker. I get hammered of a weekend. There's so many different areas of drinkers and not all, you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic. You know, I don't look, as people would say, like a recovering alcoholic because I'm not lying on a park bench with wet yeah, just, just, just for the listeners just for the listeners because obviously we haven't got we haven't got video you look great leanne you look really oh, thank great you. Thank i haven't you. seen you for a long time but you do look very very well you do leanne, yeah you, do. you know i i feel like i've sort of done a benjamin button in sobriety where <laughs> i was this very withered frail human being i mean you guys know i was always pale i very rarely managed mm. to not wear a hooded top and be hiding. I very rarely wear makeup. And now, you know, I haven't got makeup on now, but, you know, I'm healthy, I'm happy, you know, and I think that- You look healthy, that, mate. You look happy. You know, that comes through. Your skin looks good, Leanne. Your skin looks good. Yeah, because I used to, do you remember, after a massive Coke binge, I used to be able to peel, peel my lips off. Yeah. It was horrible. It's one thing that you used to be like, don't do it in front of me. It just, <laughs> you know. How times have changed. How times have changed indeed. Wow. Wow. So proud of you, love. Yeah, Thank it's you. good. It's um it's a tough journey, mate. And uh what what I wanted to just take you back to, Leanne, which which was something you were talking about earlier, was um and and you you don't have to mention who this friend was, but but you still keep in contact with this friend that discovered, you know, that you'd had this attempt at taking your life oh yeah 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 yep. they're one of they're one of my best friends who I love dearly and it, it it's um it it was actually only a couple of months ago that we actually we have spoken about it but we haven't actually spoken about it mm. and a couple of months ago we were somewhere and and the conversation just came up it probably wasn't the right time but it came up and I was like Do you know what we've always you know we should talk about this and the one thing that really came up was that I was just so heartbroken and you know I have to learn to forgive myself yeah but yeah. the minds it's very hard to that person then isn't the person that was sat here it's like an out-of-body experience it's a very upsetting one because that person was so so broken you know that person was so unhappy but um, yeah, we, we have we have spoken about it and I think it was very therapeutic, you know, that person forgives, you know, not that they were cross with me or anything, but kept saying to me, I've got to forgive myself because, you know, the thought of them, you know, finding me, um, yeah. I have to then live with that. You know, yeah, I, that, that must be a tough one, mate. Yeah, that they actually discovered yeah. you and they saw you in this very fragile. Yeah, and how could position. I be, you know, in a in a mindset? I think, God, that's really, really selfish. And but I have to get past that. I keep the letter that I wrote to Darcy, and I've read it a few times, not in sadness, but to recognise, you know, where I am now. I was very, very poorly. You know, I was. At one point, like I wasn't eating, I couldn't, I could hardly speak. I wasn't sectioned, but I was very, you know, it, it was a, it was a week away from, you know, there were discussions about that happening. Yeah, you know, whether I was yeah, going to do it some, voluntarily. Yeah, I, I was saying to I was saying to Didi and a few people that we spoke to on on this podcast about my own situation. I remember you know, it's definitely in the last 18 months, just getting to a point where I didn't want to speak to anybody. I was so depressed and anxious and stressed out with myself and my circumstances. I remember there was neighbours knocking on my door, trying to come in to speak to me and just see if I was okay. And I actually remember hiding in the kitchen. I mean, I'm, I'm hiding in the kitchen because I don't want to answer the door to speak to anyone. It's just... I think I think about that and just think about what where was I mentally? You know, I remember my, my own mother coming yeah. around Leanne and sitting with me for hours. And you know, what's great about my mom was she I think she recognized I, I didn't necessarily want to communicate, I didn't want to talk, but I appreciated the company. Being we, there. we sat there for hours together and we wouldn't speak, but I just feel comfortable with this person who loved me was in the room, you know, made me feel safe. Yeah. 
It's quite funny it, it, it's which, a, um, okay. it's it's just it's a like I I'm I'm not gonna you know make it all sound all jazzy because I have through sobriety had to step away from quite a few people in my life. Yes. Um because you know I used to run a bar as you know um I yep. was on that scene and you know one had a baby and people aren't in that stage of their life so that was an outcast but two would they push alcohol and drugs on me I think so yes a little bit but would I put myself in a situation where I could relapse you know what I have now is not, you know, yeah. to be fair, I always say this, but then at the end of the day, I become a home drinker. You know, I was a put my daughter to bed, you know, drink lots of wine. So I struggle going to the supermarket and being in the alcohol aisle as much as I do sitting here watching Grand Designs to as much as I do going to a Prosecco <laughs> brunch where I'm not drinking Good with show. the girls. You know, it's it's just a constant battle. Some days are easier than others. Some days are just absolutely fucking torturous, you know, where you, I can't turn on the TV. I can't look at Instagram because adverts pop up. You know, it's Christmas. It, it, it's everywhere. Mm. But people who love you, like my friends, know that now, unless there's a meal involved or an activity, I probably won't turn up. But the things... But they change things, you know. There's a meal what, what at a about, decent what time. What about if there's a, what about if there's a meal and an activity? Are you straight there? Oh, then they go. Then they're going all out. Then they know I will be jazz hands. <laughs> but you know, people that love you and support you, like I was, I have always been open about my sobriety, and I have an Instagram page which I am openly. You know, it is difficult recovering. How do people see? You... How do people see that that Instagram page, Leanne? What would be the address? So if people. you go to sober little mother red, um, that's that? where they'll find me. Um, but you know, it, it's not easy. You know, all my friends can read everything I put up there. All my family, you know, my parents and stuff. But it's so, so, so important. And the people that love me have stuck by me. And to be yeah. fair, I was saying this the other day. Yes, I have lost friends, but really, are they friends? They're people that I sat around kitchen tables with waiting for the birds to sing till six o'clock in the morning. And I don't even know their surname. You know, we probably did have a good time, but they are just associates. But they're not here now, you know, sitting with me while I'm bathing my daughter or, you know, reading yes. books at nighttime or they come around for their Sunday lunch. They're not those types of people. But throughout life, you know, you go through your college friends, your uni friends, your mom friends or your, your work friends. Life evolves anyways. And that's just a natural part of life and that's kind of that's what's happened in sobriety but just to a slight more extreme version but at least i'm not in the bar buying loads of wankers i don't know drinks you know so yeah, there's always there's always a positive about everything I, I think that's a great way of expressing it as well Leanne, i think uh, <laughs> what you mentioned is uh, is quite good because uh i think we uh we all go through like i think it happens every 10 years or so that you happen to actually change internally and you 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 leave behind like you um like you shedding your 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 skin. Yeah, it's like the butterfly effect. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. I think you're not you, the things that used to make you happy or the the bad habits or compulsive behaviors that used to, they used to um, lose yourself in don't do you any favors. They don't actually fulfill you anymore, and you and you you have to leave them behind, and you have to be prepared for change and and adapt. And I think uh, that's exactly what you said. And uh, I think we all do it for life. Yeah, yeah, something Leanne. Something world. you Sorry, Leanne. Yeah, something no, you. No, carry, sorry, carry on. Yeah, something you touched on, as well, which I, I'm really proud of you for. Um, and I know it's very difficult, but you you mentioned something about the Instagram page and you know keeping people updated and the honesty. I think that that is something that individuals have to overcome. You have to start being honest with people and being on. That's being honest with yourself, isn't it? saying this is where i'm at i needed help these are my problems i've identified them i'm moving forward i'm leaving them behind and if you want to come with me you want to share my journey you've got to understand yeah. where i've been and these are my problems you've got to accept it otherwise i'm sorry you're not coming on my journey with me i'm moving forward yeah. and that's it and it, and it's not a selfish act but at this i, I just want to go back to the start of my sobriety because at the start I was still saying to people, 
I'm sober, but I don't have a drink problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm sober. That would be like, I, I'd say, oh, I'm sober, but I don't have a drink problem. No, I'm definitely not an alcoholic. But, you know, it, it's like a grieving process. You have to come to terms with the fact that, yes, I've got a drinking problem. Yes, I'm an alcoholic. Um, yes, I've been an addict of drugs throughout the years of different and, and it's only when you step back and go oh man yeah actually this is what it is and then that's when I started being completely honest because it's like how many people are out there thinking that they're okay when actually we're all just raving alcoholics and we all need help <laughs> and millions of people millions are dying million. more people have died from alcohol related illnesses and deaths mm. than people have died from covid in the last 18 months but we're not talking about that are we we're not no. talking about that. We're, we're, we're allowing them to go and buy two for one in Tesco's yep. instead. Happy hours. You know, because that line's, you know, it, it's just, it blows my mind. And, and the thing is, you two knew me before this. I was the biggest record out there. And I would look at myself five years ago and call me now an absolute wanker. But I, I'm just so angry about it. I'm just so angry. And also, it's, it's personal experience. that I never want anyone to be that girl that was writing that letter in that room in in all the darkness and the sadness I never want anyone to be where I was and if you know if I can help one person you know I know that through the sober community you know I I mean I had over 590 emails last week you know and I answer all of them by myself um i am helping people i am helping people and i will continue and i just will not stop now it's i've shifted addictions i'm addicted to sobriety but i can deal with that that's very good leanne uh good good addiction what i wanted to mention i think there's a there's a pattern there and uh that i can i can tell i think and i think you know yeah, you, you regret what you've done, and I, I mean, rightly so, but you shouldn't really uh, be so, too out on yourself because I think I think you need to go through rock bottom to come back the other end, and maybe uh, I think I've done it, and I've got something in common with you. I was writing to to your daughter as well, Darcy, yeah. and that snapped me out of it. I couldn't, I couldn't go through with it because I couldn't face the fact to leave her behind, and and so I want to thank you for, uh, for putting this little angel on, on this planet. I think she's saved quite a lot of people, my daughter. I think she has. But just going back to what you said, Didier, like mm -hmm. I had, you know, over the years, several rock bottoms and a lot of people that I speak to have rock bottoms. But what I'm trying to do is highlight the fact that you don't have to get to rock bottom. You mm -hmm. know, you can, if we all address and be honest with, you know, our mental health, our relationship with alcohol or drugs or, you know, the key to our inner self of like why, why we're so unhappy, you know, we don't have to get to rock bottom. We don't have to become alcoholics, drug addicts. Mm. We don't have to have mental health breakdowns. You know, if we openly talked about mental health, more people or the stigma around antidepressants and stuff like that, which is another thing I open to, you know, if you've got something there to help you, it's like if you cut yourself, would you just keep bleeding out or would you go and get some stitches? You know, it's, it goes hand in hand with mental health. But if we don't speak out and we, you know, people don't have to get to rock bottom. And the more of these conversations that they are, you know, the more that we make it an everyday thing where people are mm. open about their sobriety, their addictions, their recovery or their relationship with alcohol. We're going to stop people getting to those rock bottoms. We're going to mm. stop people sitting in dark rooms writing letters. Yeah, but as you said earlier, I think you have to be really within your own self because i think that conversation yeah. we're having today if you had the same 10 years ago i would have i would have walked away because i'd be like i don't have a problem with drugs i don't have a problem with alcohol I, i'm fine you know so uh, so I, I even even if somebody told me this i don't think i would have hear it because uh, as somebody said the teacher will turn when the kids are ready you know and but also i remember years ago dude I sat you down in my house and mm. spoke to you because I thought you were drinking too much and doing too much drugs. Mm -hmm. But that was a reflection I didn't because hear I was, because I was caning it. Yeah. I was like, oh, you've got a problem. You've got a problem. You've got a problem because I didn't want to address my own problem. But the role, the wheels the, the the, the were, were in motion then because you realized there was something happening and it took you some time out of time, but you know, you came out the other hand, so um, so that was good. It's good that you, you yeah. talk to me that way, you know it, in a sense. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm just linking it to, I mean, I still smoke. <laughs> I haven't yeah. been able to give up that addiction. Yeah, but I'm, just, I'm, still, I'm, I'm still smoking cigarettes, yeah. trying to vape. I'm, just, but... I'm linking it to that, that thing, Liam. You know when you, you're out and people, you know, if you say to somebody, oh, I've given up smoking, but other people have said to me, oh, you should just tell people I don't smoke. I've given up smoking. People are so insistent that you have a cigarette and I think it's a similar thing, isn't it? They don't want to accept, oh, I'm addicted to these cigarettes. Mm. You can't have given up. Have a cigarette. And people just start offering you stuff. You know, mm. and it's, you know, talking about the alcohol and the drugs, that, I think that's what you were leading to earlier, that even when you're, you're on a, a personal mission or journey to stop that, the people that you're, you're in your bubble or your network with, they're actually trying to increase your consumption because they're like, wow, how can she have stopped? You know? Or, or people say, oh, it's Christmas, are you going to just have a drink? Or you can just have one. Yes. What people don't understand is recovering alcoholic, like, I can't have one because yes. one will turn into two bottle litres of vodka. I'll have my pants yeah. around my ankles somewhere in Birmingham town, not knowing my own name and probably be arrested. That's what, <laughs> oh, happen, God, what will happen if I have one. You know, it, it's just, it's, but it's, what it is, is it's because it's so socially acceptable. You know, even my mom the other day, like she annoyed me a bit because she was like, well, you can just have a glass of red wine, can't you? Because that's good for you. You know, right. What, what 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 world are you living in? You know the old, what, what world? The are you old school. In? The old school is good. It's like the Irish. It's good for your health. The glass of wine. Yeah. Or or just <laughs> this like you know you, you've just got to. It's a birthday. It's a christening. Someone's died. Someone's had bad news. Everything that we do as a society or as a nation or cultural or across the world to do anything, alcohol seems to be ingrained in it weddings christenings and it and it's just it blows my mind now i was always the one that would take you know a bottle of prosecco in my bag at five o'clock in the like in the afternoon to anywhere for a party but now i look back and i just think why why are we does christmas in the dictionary have booze written underneath it no we've lost the meaning of everything because alcohol Mate, you, 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 you actually graduate you actually graduated to being quite posh with the old Prosecco. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it started off with a bottle of 2020 or a bottle of hooch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a Prosecco. Hoochie hooch. Hoochie hooch. Did I mean, you know me, I used to go round at the end of the pub when uh, everyone had like left and I'd drink everyone's drink that was left on the table. Oh, what was God. that type of girl? I didn't know, I didn't know you that know? about you. Okay, Leanne. So I just want to ask you a few questions about um, going back to, you know, your, your old routines and habits that we've, we've spoken about. And I'm just, I'm just looking at how do you, how you manage to, to keep sober at the moment? How do you, how do you deal with your sobriety? Because there's obviously, there's obviously some stress, stress and anxiety that still occurs in everyone's life. How do you deal with that? Yeah. Um, I think because obviously, like I won't lie, um, it's been her like a, a bad week in camp. Um, you know, my daughter, as I said before, has complex needs. You know, we're forever going through a whole ton of crap, if I'm honest. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and say that I never want a drink because some days I yesterday you know, I could have quite easily drank, but it's about, I, for me, I play the tape forwards. I have to see the long-term effect that it has on my life. I have to know how poorly I'm going to be after it, you know, all the hard work that I've done. But for me, the tools that I've personally used, one is, I always used to think Instagram was such a pointless thing and like just people showing off and stuff but sober community on Instagram has kept me sober the amount of people and friends that I have made I cannot tell you um you know not just on the gram but I've met them in real life we have meetups you know all different things like that mm -hmm. um turn to running as well like I never used to run because I used to do that much cocaine that I just always thought I was having a heart attack um so I've you know started running yoga 
um, I read a lot more, I eat better. It, it, it's, the, it's everything, everything, every aspect of my life has changed. You know, I used to go on the session, I never used to eat. I used to cover up by the deceitful lies I used to tell of not turning up and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, now I'm eating well, I'm looking after myself, I'm working hard. You know, there's lots of, even on the bad days, I have to look at the fulfilling things in my life. And you always have to have in your mind why you are sober. For me, yes. it's for a better life for Darcy. It's mm. a better life for myself. It's for the acknowledgement of my friends and family. And know, like, obviously they care about me and they will worry about me, but you know, I know that some of my friends would text me before I went to bed or before they went to bed thinking, is this the last text? You know, okay. that doesn't have to be a part of anyone's life anymore. No. Um, it is hard to, to stay sober. It is, you know, I, I went into Morrison's earlier and someone's offering me Baileys. I just wanted to get some bananas. Do you know what I mean? It's everywhere <laughs> oh, we man. go. Yes. Um, but you have to, it's about mindset. It's about, you know, sobriety, I thought would always disconnect me from the world because it's all that I knew. But sobriety isn't just about recovery of addiction. It's about connection. Um, you know, it's about finding your people, finding your tribe. You know, not everyone is for everyone like else. It. Just because I don't want to, you know, and also on the flip side of it as well, you know, people that I've met from my past, you know, the biggest people that I used to get on the sessions with give me the most admiration you know because you know they want to be able to do it as well so yes. as hard as it is you know staying sober you you do get the support around you it, it's different for everyone though Andy you know I'd like to I have written a book that's coming out next year I'm not sure in a date yet, but I will stop T tell it. us about tell, tell us what's that called Leanne so so <laughs> it's called from from cocaine to rice cakes which I is pretty it. much how Brilliant title. Yeah, so um, it's kind of a, a self-help book, but it is based on, you know, I can't give you a map or a, or a plan or a, a journal to say, this is how you get sober. I can just tell you how I've done it, um, yes. the things that have helped me, you know, the things that I would look at, um, the things that I would want to know if I was a sober being starting my sobriety again oh my god I wish I knew there's some things that I knew now or you know to speak openly about it as well so it, it's just um it's sort of a, a memoir to alcohol it, it is a, and at the end of the book uh, I say my final goodbye to alcohol I can never say that I'm not going to have a drink again but in my yes. head I never want to drink again mm. you know and yes. um it, it's it's one of one of those things that I hope that it will help the few or the many we, we will I, I'm see. super positive it will I, I was gonna say I was gonna ask you did you get what did you did you go for any counseling or get involved in any of these 12-step programs yeah I actually so um there's a lot of I spoke to a lot of sobriety coaches at the start and I'll be yes. completely honest I was a single mom on my ass like I hadn't got the thousands of pounds people were asking to give me all this life-changing magic and stuff yeah. so for me it was it was quit lit um I did a lot of work through healthy in England um healthy minds is run through the NHS I did a lot with yep. them I've I did been, CBT been to them. Yeah, I did CBT. I also yep. spoke to Mind. But I also, I did also go to AA meetings. Um, you know, just the one day I was just like, right, I'm, I'm just going to go. And I had the preconception of, you know, what most people do. But oh my God, it, it changed my life. And, you know, in lockdown, you couldn't go to AA. So it was Zoom meetings, which I think for me helped a bit because I was still sort of hidden. I was a bit exposed, but I wasn't fully exposed. But now, like, you know, I walk in, take my chair, say my name and, and tell my story. And I'm, and I'm quite proud about that. You know, 12 steps, you know, it, it also another thing like, I drink alcohol-free beer, um, alcohol-free spirits, uh, and but the twelve-step program tells you not to replace something with something else. Tells you to to completely sustain. So yes. for me, I've took bits of everything. You know, everyone anyone's given me, and you know, you'll. I know sober people that smoke weed. I know sober people that 
you know, I, I take CBD, um, which some people in the sober community are like, oh, no, you can't be a sober person. And this is what I want to also get across to people. You know, if your sobriety is your sobriety, if you are a heroin addict and you no longer do heroin, but once a month you have a beer and call yourself sober, fair play to you it's your sobriety like mine if I want to take CBD because I still suffer terribly with anxiety I will do so but I will also speak out about it and if you don't like it you know there's a little button called and follow you know rather than <laughs> hounding people on social media Brilliant. about their choices yeah. you know um but yeah like all different tools I've used quit lip Instagram you know there's there's so many tools out there there are so many tools yes and the, um, I mean, the serenity prayer, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I think that is something that anyone who's had a problem can can mm. use in their life just to, mm. you know, I still use that every now and again, just to calm myself down, just get myself back to a, a place of thinking clearly. Um, and a bit like yourself, I did, I did see several people. I had the cognitive behavioral therapy yeah. and I also went to see a neuro-linguistic programmer as well. And, um, you know, I think what I learned about that is just, just having these moments when I think back to what I was like and how reactive I was to everything around me, just having moments of you know, recognizing when something's going to happen and just having a moment of clarity where you, you can actually close your eyes and just find your calm place. Yeah. And say, right, I'm going to go to my calm place for, for 10 seconds. I don't care who's looking at me. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to go to my calm place and I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let myself de-stress and just come back to the situation in a different, a different state of mind with a different focus um and that that i think is is a really helpful uh technique as well um but i think i think just think you've been really honest mate and you know even talking to me and didier here today you know i can, I can tell that you're just being really honest with yourself you're being honest with us the world around you and i think that's the key i think you're doing brilliantly Anne. this is this what this is you're the first people that i've spoken to well one that like directly know me personally but have also seen me in the state that I was you know all the people that I've recently been speaking to on this sober mission I'm on are people that know me from my sobriety journey very little people know me before so it's it's yep. really nice to speak to you guys because you're yes. the ones that can really see the change yeah, you know, you know. oh man yeah, yeah. Uh, you could drink for England when I met you first met you so uh, it's uh, such a such massive. I think the first night I met you, you said to me, "Have you really drank thirteen pints of Guinness?" You were yeah, like, yeah. "I've counted them," and I was like, "Well, if you've counted them, then you know." <laughs> I couldn't get my head around that. I was like, "How do you, you still stand?" <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a hey, practice. Look at 20. you now. Look at you now yeah. writing a book, uh, and I think it's going to do well. The title already is a, is a is a winner. I mean, like, well yeah. done, it's a winner. When, when, when will that be available, Leanne? So it was supposed to be out. I'm not going to lie. It was supposed to be out already, but um, COVID has had its way with, you know, so we're just sort of planning it. And um, also uh, Darcy needs a little operation. So we're just going through the logistics of, of everything. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping early February time. I'm hoping early oh, February brilliant. time. No, it'll take yeah. your time. It should take I'll, your time. I'll, I'll be getting that. I'll definitely be reading that. And I'll sign your copies for you. Oh, please. Oh, that's, that, that's, hey? that's going to waffle on me. Oh, man, I can't <laughs> wait. Uh, <laughs> and, and what about books? I mean, uh, you said you, you love uh, reading books. That's a, a really massive passion of mine right, uh, today and, and my new life. I just want to know uh, what kind of books you're reading and uh, what kind of uh, books you recommend. Oh, so I I go for a bit of of everything. I do <laughs> I do love a good murder, as uh, my yeah. nan would say. Um, but I I just it, it really depends. Like I've always got about four or five books on the go. I don't know if anyone else is like this. Mm -hmm. There's normally like one self help book. There's one that's an autobiography of someone that I find fascinating, or a comedian that I know that's going to make me laugh. Um, 
I've got, what have I got on the go at the minute? I took a picture of it um, the other day. Uh, this isn't a happy place. It's just a place. I've got a book that I've got on the go called that at the minute. Um, just lots of, you know, I tend not to, I think it's because I'm a writer. I don't tend to stick to one genre of, of, uh, of reading, but I tell you what, I get some joy from reading Darcy's oh. stories. You know, really? some children's books are just such heartwarming entertainment. I don't know if you've ever read, um, the day the crayons came home it's no, about no. um it, it's a brilliant, it yeah it's a brilliant yeah. book um it's for kids but it's about the wax crayon box and how they all get lost or chewed by the dog or but it, it's just brilliant i just you know i'll sit and read articles online it doesn't necessarily have to be it's just information mm -hmm. you know i think for such a long time i just spent I spent years of my life, like I don't remember my 18th, my 21st, my 30th birthday. I spent 22 years lying hungover on a sofa. So I think now I just I just want to fill myself with anything that I can get my hands on. Mm. You know, read about bombs last night for some reason. Not that I'm going to make a bomb or anything, but, you know, just just anything, just bombs. everything and anything well, fascinates yeah. me. I think like it's just like I've had like when someone's had a cataract operation mm -hmm. and they can see properly again, I feel like that. I feel like I've been released into the world again. And I just, you know, I'm either back at school learning or just, just anything. But um, yeah, I did read, what did I read the other day? Um, Irving Welsh's um, Ride. I read that the other day and never read that brilliant book. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Oh, uh, I'll get two of the books that I've got above me that I've been reading right there. Okay, so I've got Tara O'Hara, I think, yeah, O'Hara, Queen, yeah, Queen of Clubs, and basically a friend of mine wrote to me and said, this woman is you, and it's basically about a person that ran clubs and pubs back in the day and is now a recovering alcoholic and drug addict, and we're actually friends no. online now, and she's a wonderful woman, would highly recommend her book, it's brilliant. And another one got a massive crush on this woman, Dornay Porter. She's a fantastic writer. Um, if you, you haven't, this is so lucky, but if you haven't read Cows, I would highly, highly recommend. It's just twisty, turny, life revolving, you know, mad, crazy stuff that she writes about, but it's brilliant. They're both brilliant books. Can I give you uh, two of my selection this week? Yeah. You want to hear? It? I think I mentioned it to you on WhatsApp yesterday. Uh, one is Lucky, uh, we uh, by Ed Jackson. It's the uh, Welsh player, Welsh oh, yes, player that had a pool accident, broke his neck, was told by the doctors they would never walk again, and within uh, within four months he was out of the hospital working on crutches, and within a year he was um, he was climbing snow 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 mountain snow mountain, you know the Peak District. Snowden. Snowden. Snow no one i don't know why i said still mountain but um in snowden and uh, he went to, he went he went on to to climb um in the alps and the fact that he told that he was told that he never walk again it's such an inspirational book uh and See, things like that are fascinating oh, i just fascinating. love passion and, and powerful things oh, like that ed, ed jackson lucky and the second one i'm halfway through is uh, will smith's autobiography and i'm going to mention something that his dad told him when he was very young uh, basically the, he asked his um, his will will and his brother to build a wall right a brick wall because he needed one by for the house for next to the house and he was complaining one day about the the work it was hard work and stuff and the dad just said stop stop snap stop stop complaining don't look at the wall look at a brick your job is to lay one brick and lay that one perfectly and then take another brick and lay that one perfectly and then carry on. Don't look at the wall. There is no wall. Your job is to concentrate on one brick. And I thought, what a great life lesson that is. Just because you said every day there's a brick need, uh, there's a brick waiting for you to be laid. And I thought, wow, wow, such a powerful message. No, I love Will Smith as well. Oh, yeah. I recommend you use his autobiography. Although when I did watch The Pursuit of Happiness, no one told me that it's not very happy. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think you should see that in the title. It's a happy I ending. Was, I was a bit shocked. I, I thought it was going to be a pick-me-up cheery film and then uh, yeah. sent me to the pits of depression. It's it's a, it's a happy ending, yeah. But It's, it's a beautiful it's a, film. It, it's, it's a hard it's such watch. A, yeah. yeah. It's got yeah, such it's a, a message. Watch. Just just on Will Smith as well, Didier I know this. I think you've listened to to his uh, podcast with uh, Jay Shetty. Yeah, uh, Jay Shetty does an interview with him on his podcast, and uh, just just what a wonderful guy comes across oh, yeah. really well and so positive. Um, you know, I I never I never knew much about Will Smith until I listened to that podcast, and I just came away thinking, what a great bloke. And also on the, on that podcast was uh, have you listened to the Big Sean one, did you? The Big Sean you, one, no. Big Sean, yeah. There's an American rapper called Big Sean. I'd never heard of him, but this guy is just he's massive in America, and he's he's just such a cool bloke. I was just like, wow, this guy is amazing. Big Sean, I looked that up. Big yeah, well, I've Sean. just written that down as well. Give me something to listen to <laughs> later. I see Will Smith. Yeah, uh, you're gonna love that book. It's uh, full of. It's full of fun. It's just great. Oh, and there's another thing about funny things about uh, the P Fresh Prince of Bel Air. If you look at the second episode of the first season, he actually uh, uh, lip sync the uh, some of the um, some of the other actors' um, lines, and you can't see it because you're looking at the actor saying his lines. But if you look at Will, he's actually saying he's mimicking his lines, and uh, he said to this day he's. he's he can't watch it, it's too painful. But uh, it's quite funny to actually see it, for real. Very funny. Sounds good, mate. I'm going to watch that one. Just before we, uh, just before we finish, Leanne, where we, we asked this of all the guests that come on the, on the podcast. Uh, we just asked them about their, their top three tips for, for happiness or for changing their life or for finding a new fo focus. Um, do you think you could give us... Give us two or three tips that you could give to the yeah. listeners? Yeah, so I think like, the first one and one that I would stand by is, I, I think, honesty. You have to be honest with yourself um, about where you are in your life. You know, if you're struggling, you know, you might be absolutely content with everything and that's wonderful, um, but it's being honest about, you know, are you happy and and looking at that and addressing it and I think for you know changing your life knowing or wanting to change your life is the start right there it, it that that's the hardest part it's then just you know as Didier just said about bricks this is more like a stepping stone you just got to put one little step in front of the other right. you know don't look at the bigger picture totally. look at day by day you know at the start of sobriety I was I was a minute by minute girl can I get to 1 1 p.m can I get to half one you know I think it, it's taking things as they are in in bite-sized chunks right. you know and moving forward I think that's the step and um you know, I would say to anyone that, you know, for any part of your life that you're trying to change, motivation isn't there every day. And it's not, let's be honest, we're human beings. And what you need to understand is even when the motivation isn't there, there is going to be no one else to do it for you. There is going to be no one else to tell you to get out of bed that day. There's going to be no one else to tell you to stay sober. There's going to be no one else to tell you to stay away from drugs. There's going to be no one else to tell you that you're good enough for this world apart from yourself. Yeah. And you, you have to have that that belief and that motivation even on days when you don't have it there is something inside you that is wonderful even if it's just one thing every single person has one thing and you need to flourish from that one thing and that's where you find your motivation from finding yourself love within yourself to wow. give yourself the kick up the ass every day to do the things that you know you should be some days you may do one thing and that's okay some days you may do 10 things but you've got to keep that motivation because no one else will do it for you no one else can live your life for you apart from you you can sit and wallow and say oh woe is me everything is so bad but only you can do something about it only you so true that's great leanne uh it's been brilliant talking to you i it's nice to honestly, catch up with you guys mate, awesome i haven't seen you in ages just to, just as to see you coming out with such positive words and, um, you know, 
giving us giving us and the listeners tips to how we can we can change things you know mm-hmm. and i i really believe in that myself and i think didier does too mm-hmm. you know anybody's anybody's capable of making changes and and getting on that road to happiness and and having a i actually had a moment the other day where i actually i think you know naughtily enough i was probably having another cigarette out the back <laughs> i was having a moment where i was thinking i actually feel quite happy and I hadn't felt that way. One of the reasons that me and Didier started this podcast, I remember saying to Didier, my mom and the last therapist I'd been seeing had asked me uh, the same question. When was, when was the last time you felt happy? And I honestly couldn't remember. I said, it, it must have been more than five, 10 years ago, you know, when my kids were born maybe, or, you know, I said, I don't actually remember this, this, feeling of happiness i said i just feel like i've been trudging through life for for the last 10 years um but i remember standing outside the door the other day just thinking i feel really happy i feel good about life and that's that's it's it's an amazing feeling Uh, and i just i wish we could give people more of it you know there's so many people out there that are um struggling in silence struggling you know and um as you say happiness is such a wonderful thing and and sometimes it can come at a cost of nothing yes oh i think for me happiness every day is to read a book that gives me great happiness i can't i can't stress that enough how much how much happiness that gives me just by just that listening to a book and going for a walk that's hang on a minute hang on a minute Reading a book or listening to a book? I read books in the toilet. Oh, you read books I was going to say, he is a, he is a... Oh, yeah, whatever. Whatever, I don't like. You're not cheating, are you? are not cheating are you i am not cheating. It's a new new generation, my friend. We we listen to stuff now. (laughs) I'm old school. But, hey, yeah, I like yeah. to smell books. So. <laughs> I like a, I like the smell of a book, Leanne. You I like right. the smell of a book, and I've got I've got the. Um, well, after you've come out of the toilet, you like the smell of your I book mean, after you've come out of the toilet. <laughs> I've got dances with <laughs> dances with wolf in the toilet, and uh, because before I used to go on the on Facebook on, on the toilet, and now I just don't go there anymore. I just don't see the point. So I read, I read, <laughs> I read a few pages when I'm in the toilet. That's it. That's- do you know the funniest story about Didier's toilet, Leanne, that he, he mentioned on the podcast a couple of weeks ago was uh, it, somebody had sent him um, a postcard, posted him a postcard, <laughs> so, yes. and, and it said on it, the, you're, you're, awesome. you're awesome. And he said to me that he put it up in his bathroom. So he, was, he said, every time I go for a pee, I, see I look up at the wall and it just says to me, you're awesome. <laughs> and uh, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm, I haven't put it up on my new flat, but I'm gonna put it up now. You remind me because that's a good uh, little before you go out. Did you see that? And like, yeah, it's gonna be a great day. That's it. Yes. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever makes you happy. Honestly, Mate, what, if it, that it, makes you happy, <laughs> go for it. As you say, you know, it's uh, it's an eternal thing. It only works for me. If that, if it's probably not gonna work for anybody else. But before uh, before we go, I want to ask you to get Darcy, my lovely Darcy, to just say maybe Joy Noel or Happy um, Happy Christmas for our, for this episode because I like the listeners to listen to a lovely and jolly voice. I will do. She, she's in bed after a morning. Yeah, she, she will. I'll get her to do it tomorrow. Awesome. Why well, do I have to do it right now? But I'll just well, she's in bed, so I can't do it right now. Uh, never wake no, a child. No, don't wake her up now. Never wake a child. Don't wake her up now. Yes, don't wake wake her up. Yeah, Didier, you will not be bringing her happiness if you wake up, Darcy. Yeah. No, you'll just be it. taking it away. But uh, <laughs> t- I just I bought a I bought a book for Christmas. It's exactly what I'm going to do, actually, uh, people. Now, from now on, every year, my family and my friends are going to get a book from me. That is going to be my presence to them because I want to inspire them. If they don't, if they don't actually read, to read books because. They are one of the greatest free things of life that, that brings you joy and 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 works and and make make your imagination work and I think it's it's a great thing to to read. And you can pass them on. What I love about books is I I mean I've got too many books so I keep them and I think oh, that person would love that book. Yeah. And you know the joy the joy of passing on joy. Mm. What more joy could you get? It's just joy joy and joy. It's That's in- good, mate. And, and what I want to ask you, Leanne, is when you when you spoke about that, I can't remember what it was called the the story that you read about the crayon. Oh, um, the day the crayons came home. Okay. Do you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to get you back just to read that story. 
Oh, I'll do it. I'll how do long, it. How long I'll is it? it? I would love to listen to you reading the audio and then I can do, I can live in the modern world like Didier and, and listen to a book rather than oh, reading yeah. it. By yeah. the way, Leanne, you're going to have to do the audio book for me because, uh, you know, I won't read it. <laughs> and <it's... laughs> You won't read your best I'm friend's kidding. book? I'm oh, you. my well, Lord. Not, uh, because it's huge. It's only going to be small, so I can read it. That's honesty for you, hey? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think like you, should, you should not discard the audio people, you know, the older... The, the generation that listen to books don't 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 lose that on them you know and uh it'd be, you've got a good voice i think you do well we'll just pay someone yes. else to do it yeah i'll do All it right, thanks thanks for coming thank you us, for man. having me guys god bless you oh, you're a star you're a star bye. Yeah. Bye, bye guys bye bye hello everybody